Dave Maxey here with HomeMusicStudio1.com podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about 10 mixing mistakes to avoid, so don't go anywhere. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Uh, You are listening to episode number 15 of the HomeMusicStudio1.com podcast. And this is the show where you can learn how to produce professional audio on any size budget. And uh, if you'd like, uh, why not get started with uh, the answer to the one of the most answered questions that I get in home recording and project recording. And you can do that uh, by heading on over to HomeMusicStudio1.com forward slash free gift. And uh, that said, hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, Today, I don't know where you're at, but today I'm in Michigan. I'm in the States here and I'm right in the central part of Michigan, the capital area of Michigan. And today is a snow day. Uh, My oldest three boys would normally be in school right now, but uh, they're off for the day. And so all five of my kids are home just above me. Uh, four boys. My youngest uh, is also our fifth girl, so five kids all together. So you may hear a few extra uh, bumps and uh, and thumps in the the audio here today. Got my noise gate cranked up to hopefully minimize that. But nevertheless, I thought, hey, why not? Uh, this would be a great time. I wanted to sit down and, and share with you uh, some information in just a minute. We're going to talk about 10 mixing mistakes to avoid. I've just had some things kind of rolling on my head uh, through my brain here the past couple of weeks. And I'm going to share with you uh, what I what I want to address, the 10 mixing mistakes to avoid. And we'll get there in just a minute. Um, and I want to start uh, kind of, I've always started with just giving a shout out uh, for all the support of all the many, many listeners. I want to do just something a little bit different today as we begin. And I want to read to you uh, just a few of the the emails, the messages, the Facebook messages, the tweets, um, even uh, a couple here that uh, have come from Google Plus and, and several of the different social media places that uh, I've tried to be out in. Just got a lot of response. And I, I've just picked a few of those that are just some of the most recent, just to give a shout out for uh, so many of you that are giving me your wonderful feedback. And uh, I love interacting with you guys. I love hearing what kind of gear you have. I love hearing kind of your setups and, and what's going on and, and answering your questions. And uh, I want to read just a couple here and just kind of give a shout out. Uh, number one, uh, Mark Andrew from, uh, I believe you say it, the Padilla Band at uh, Fortune Teller Recording Studio uh, simply says, hey, very uh, helpful. Thank you. And uh, Mark left that comment on the blog at homemusicstudio1.com in relation to uh, one of the posts that we had on there. And so thanks a lot, Mark. Uh, for just giving me your feedback and uh, and letting me know what's going on. And uh, also uh, for Simon, and Simon, I, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to massacre your last name. Uh, I do know that Simon is from Norway, and I believe you might say your name, uh, Gronas, possibly. It's G-R-O-N-A-A-S. And uh, you'll have to forgive my American uh, ignorance of, of how to pronounce that. But uh, I'll just say this, Simon and I have had uh, a lot of conversation this week via Facebook messages. Simon is uh, is just getting a, a brand new uh, setup 
put together and he's kind of gathered some of his gear. It sounds like him and uh, a couple of his friends possibly. And I just had a lot of questions and I've uh, been very uh, just thankful to help you out, Simon. And uh, just want to give you a shout out and thank you for the both the feedback and your questions as well. Uh, I want to read another piece here. This came in by email in the past couple of weeks. This is from Jeff Lodge. And I thought this one was very, very interesting, very curious, at least to me. This is what Jeff says. He says, uh, hey, Dave, uh, downloaded and started listening to your podcast last night. Uh, very well done. You present the material well. Uh, thank you very much, by the way, Jeff. Uh, I have an even more difficult situation than your rental property. Uh, Jeff was addressing one of the episodes where I shared that I live in a rental house and uh, I'm trying to be creative with the space that I have. And so he goes on to say, my wife and I live in an eight by eight box pretty much 24 seven. We drive dangerous cargo truck in parentheses here. It has radioactive and explosives, etc. So that's kind of the stuff he's hauling. And uh, we do that all around the country. I had to laugh when I heard you talk about your traffic noise issue when you moved into the baby's room, which was just upstairs that I uh, actually am downstairs now, but uh, he's addressing that that I mentioned as well. Then he says, I struggle with that occasionally too, uh, you know, haha, with a little laugh in there. And uh, don't get to the internet too often, but I will check out your site next time I land somewhere. In the meantime, please hook me up with your newsletter. And uh, thanks again, Jeff Lodge. So Jeff, just want to give you and your wife a shout out, man, more power to you. Bring them back alive, drive safe when you're out there uh, doing what you've got to do. And um, what an intriguing situation to to be trying to record in. Uh, I love to continue to hear from you as well and, and just how things are going. Uh, another quick comment that came in from Jason Fishburn. Uh, Jason says, super helpful stuff. Thank you much. And uh, that came in from the Twitter feed. And so, um, you know, the list really kind of goes on and on. Uh, I've read in the past that the reality is, is, is as amazing as this is to me, uh, just the fact that we're out on, on iTunes predominantly, but all over the different podcasting networks, as well as uh, the internet, uh, it is amazing to me that you guys are all over the planet and uh, in, in many, many, many countries, and I mean that literally, hundreds of you all over the place, thousands of downloads from countries all over the place, and uh, I'm really humbled just to, to look at that information and to read this feedback, and it really is also encouraging to me, lets me know that uh, the time I'm investing to help you guys out, uh, again, so that you can learn to to produce uh, professional audio on any size budget, just lets me know that the time I'm putting in uh, for many of you is actually valuable. That's really what I'm trying to do. I don't want to waste any of our time. And so uh, trying to give you some valuable information, share my experience. I don't know everything. I'll be the first to tell you that. But uh, hopefully the information I'm conveying is, has been helpful. And uh, based upon a lot of the feedback, it, uh, it sounds as though it is. Uh, so with that, let's, uh, let's dive right into where I want to go today. I want to talk to you about 10 mixing mistakes to avoid. 10 mixing mistakes to avoid. Now, these aren't in any particular order, and a few of them may seem kind of random out of left field. Uh, these are just some things that uh, in the past several days, past several weeks, just, I've just kind of had on the tip of my brain, and I wanted to share them with you. Uh, the reality is, is there's so much information when it comes to home and, and project recording, and these are just a few of the things that I, I myself have made these mistakes, everyone on this list, list throughout the years. 
And a lot of uh, a lot of times when I interact with uh, maybe some of you that are kind of getting into this newer, some of these are mistakes that maybe you deal with. And so maybe just mentioning this can be helpful to you uh, to kind of take what you're doing, the end result. We're, we're really, regardless of your budget size, we're trying to do everything that we can to uh, to kind of move out of the, uh, the amateur arena into professional. And uh, so I want to give you 10 things here, again, in no particular order that will help you uh, potentially uh, not make these mistakes. You can avoid these mistakes. And number one is this, not taking criticism, not taking criticism. You know, a lot of times um, home recording engineers, project engineers were also musicians, right? Uh, isn't always the case, but many times we're uh, self-proclaimed you know, musicians. A lot of times we're doing our own music, maybe original stuff, uh, or we're a drummer in a band or whatever it is. A lot of times uh, we find ourselves, I'm a musician as well, bass, drums, guitar, vocals, lead, you name it, uh, picked it up throughout the years. And, you know, it, as a musician, sometimes I think it's, it's a little bit more difficult for us not to have this idea that, hey, nobody tells me what to do. Uh, you know, music is kind of my art and, and I'm creative. And so there is no right or wrong. And so I don't want to hear it. You don't like it. There's the door. And, uh, you know, in one sense, there's a, there's a little tiny partial truth in that. But the reality is this. If you really want to be able to produce professional audio as an engineer, we all need to be willing to take criticism. I've heard it said like this, uh, you know, to to take your your uh, your your uh, those that are criticizing you, and, and and rather than look at that as a negative thing, uh, those can be uh, stepping stones to get to a better place than where you were. And so, uh, taking your critics and kind of turning them into something that can be helpful. Uh, I'm I'm just reminded of this week. You know, I I really strive to not be a person who is incapable of learning or incapable of taking criticism from others. And uh, you know, I had a person. Uh, in fact, I didn't read this uh, this email. Uh, it's kind of buried in in uh, my Gmail there, so I won't dig it out. But here's the gist of an email I got this week. Another uh, very positive email from someone that listened to the podcast. Uh, but what they did, they did make one little comment based upon one of the episodes that uh, that I had said. And actually, here's the truth of the matter. They described kind of how I described how compression works. And the reality is, is I simply just got it flat out wrong. And uh, I think it was one of the earlier episodes, um, one, episode one or two, somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly. And they very graciously said, hey, Dave, uh, I, I understood it to be, uh, to, you know, technically, this is what is happening with audio compression. Uh, you know, what do you think? And so I was very appreciative of, uh, of this person. Don't even remember their name right off bat, uh, that they very, uh, you know, very maturely said, hey, um, maybe, uh, you know, you should rethink that. And the reality is, is I, I was wrong. Uh, you know, I just uh, it described something that really wasn't taking place. And so uh, I emailed them back and just let them know that, hey, thanks a lot, uh, and kind of described my understanding of, of the fact that they were right. And uh, this is exactly what's taking place. And, and uh, whether I misspoke myself or not, either way, uh, I didn't say the right information. And so, you know, we really need to be willing to take criticism, and that's not always easy. Sometimes with us as musicians, we, we kind of have this prima donna mindset and I'm, I'm putting myself in this own, you know, that, that kind of category as well. So I would just challenge you to just, uh, just be aware of that. Be willing to take criticism where someone says, hey, maybe that doesn't sound quite as good as what you thought it did, or maybe you're not quite getting it, uh, even though you may think, uh, just use those as opportunities to get better, not to get bitter at someone if that hopefully makes sense to you. Uh, number two thing on our list of 10 mixing mistakes to avoid, a very simple one, 
never getting started. Never getting started. I don't know about you, but there's been times, uh, especially when I've kind of set things up and uh, maybe I got a new plugin or I got kind of my gear in a, in a new configuration where I've found myself just kind of being lost and uh, in kind of just playing around with things and lost in, in all the options that I had in front of me. Uh, maybe got a new compressor, multi-band compressor, new EQ plug-in, whatever it is. And, and rather than uh, actually accomplishing something on my project, I found myself kind of going down the rabbit trails of, oh, this is cool. Look what this can do. And and wow, you know, I wonder what this does. And before you know it, uh, you know, you've burned hours just kind of tweaking and actually really uh, never achieving any kind of goal, never achieving any kind of target. And so I would encourage you, uh, don't make the mistake of never getting started. And sometimes just having a few goals, uh, you know, hey, I want to lay down the drum track or I want to I want to get a scratch vocal hit so that I can begin to build the rest around it. And just kind of having a few simple goals uh, to assure that you're getting started and you're completing something can be very, very helpful. Uh, number three on our list of 10 mixing mistakes to avoid is kind of the opposite almost of number two, um, but never finishing a project, never finishing a project, big mistake to avoid. Sometimes we get into something and we're excited, you know, maybe you, you're like me, you're working other jobs and, uh, you know, trying to make ends meet other ways. And so uh, when you've got kind of something in your mind that you want to, you want to cut, you want, you know, want to lay a track down a certain way, you've got a certain guitar riff you have in mind and, and you're kind of thinking about exactly how it's all going to go together while you're working your other job and uh, you finally get down and, and, and you sit down and, and things get rolling and maybe what you had in your head and how cool it was going to be and we were going to lay this down, it was going to sound great. All of a sudden something doesn't go right. A piece of gear doesn't work. A cable goes bad. Before you know it, what, what you thought might've been really simple uh, very easy to do, turn to this big, gigantic thing, and it's easy to kind of get polarized in essence. It's kind of like a deer caught in headlights, and before you know it, you've kind of got into something that you've never really completed. You, you, you've got a few things laid down, but but there's no continuity uh, start to finish. There's no goals that you've completed in your project. You've got a song still not recorded, or maybe the tracks are all cut, but you've just never had the time or never been able to take the time to just finish the one project. I would encourage you, don't let that be a mistake you make. Uh, not only just getting started, our number two, but number three, actually do whatever it, it takes to finish something. And, and a few simple things with that, as I said just a moment ago, definitely setting some goals. Another thing is is just keeping things simple. Uh, you know, a lot of times we we have in our brains all these different things. You know, I need forty eight tracks of this, and we're gonna we're gonna cut six different bass lines, and I'm gonna splice them together, and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna use auto tune on the vocals, or I'm gonna I'm gonna chop everything up and make sure it's exactly perfect. You know, as you get into doing things, the more you you get experience, the faster those things can go, and the more you can begin to add more. But sometimes, in order to actually finish a product, it's it's very helpful just to simplify. And uh, all right, my goal is to get all the tracks done and, and I'm going to get a general mix down and uh, I'm not going to try and get it absolutely perfect. I'm going to get it great and, uh, and and get something ready to go so that I can learn and actually complete a project. And, uh, you know, having kind of the ability to simplify what you're trying to do can, can really help that. Number four, um, this is one thing that I often think about, but trying to learn too much at one time. Trying to learn too much at one time is definitely a mixing mistake to avoid. And uh, with the information kind of uh, era that we're in, which is, uh, 
kind of a whole new uh, season of of the world now. You you've got information at your fingertips. You know, you're listening to this podcast. Many of you are listening. I know from the stats right on your mobile devices, maybe it's your iPhone or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, we've got access to information almost instantly in, in pretty much anything we need to know about. And uh, that's, that's great. Uh, obviously, that's one of the things I'm trying to do is get information to help you. But if we're not careful, that information can kind of be information overload. And, and before you know it, we're trying to do, oh, that, that sounds good. I need to do that. And then, I oh, ooh, that's another thing. And I, I need to do that. And, and, you know, even listening to, you know, 10 mistakes to avoid. These are some things that hopefully uh, you could pick a, a couple of them and, and just kind of focus on accomplishing them. And, and something even like a list like this can be very helpful. But if we're not careful... Uh, we could find ourselves having a hundred things on our list, and before you know it, uh, we've not even accomplished anything because we're trying to do too much at one time. Kind of get burned out a little bit, and kind of uh, you know just lose the enjoyment of what we're trying to do. And so, it's best to start somewhere. Just start somewhere and build from there. You know, a lot of times when I'm trying to record a mix, personally in my own stuff. Actually, I've got a project right now. I'm I'm, I'm writing a new song and. I've kind of got some ideas in my head, but I don't have the complete thing down. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I find that it's easy. It's the, the easiest thing for me to do is, is uh, just to not try and do everything at once, not trying to learn exactly, uh, you know, how I can mix the drum, how, how I can create some of these sounds that I would like to learn to create. I heard this in, a, in an album somewhere, and how can I make that in my mix? But sometimes the best thing for me to do is just to sit down with one instrument and one voice and cut what I call a scratch track of some type of rhythm in timing uh, so that I can, you know, with the click track in my, uh, you know, my DAW so that I can go back and add drums to it as well as with a vocal track. Now I sing and I, and I play both keyboard and uh, a guitar. And so a lot of times that, you know, if, if that's you, that might be a little easier for you to do that. But sometimes just simply cutting one track that kind of establishes your rhythm with another track that is uh, your main vocal and then begin to pick it apart from there is is a lot easier kind of again that simplifying thing but but it's the idea that this I don't want to try and do too much at one time you know I don't want to try and, and figure out all these new things at once I don't want to try and learn too much more importantly really is my point I'm trying to make and uh, if you've got new gear, um, you know, just begin to learn something and then and start somewhere and begin to build upon something, okay? If you, if you kind of never start it, it can, it's another one of these things that can easily kind of just get you polarized and you never end up going anywhere. Number five uh, on my list here, again, kind of random thoughts of 10 mixing mis- mistakes to avoid. And I wrote it down like this uh, in my show notes here. Chasing the pot of gold plugins at the end of the rainbow. And I, I wrote that down very specifically. And here's why. Uh, you know, I'm a believer in technology. I really am. I am, you know, honestly, if I had to be completely I, honest with you, I could probably admit that I am probably addicted to technology. Uh, you know, I've got an iPhone, I've got an iPad, and, uh, you know, I've got video cameras set up in my house, uh, you know, not because I live in a crazy dangerous area, but because I like the idea of being able to look at what's going on in my house from my iPhone, wherever I'm at, you know, so I, I, I get it. Uh, but when it comes to plugins, the list, you know, I had someone ask me, well, what is the best compressor plugin? And, you know, I kind of chuckle every time I get those questions because I definitely have some that I prefer. I definitely have a few that I prefer. 
But uh, the reality is, in, in nowadays, with uh, the technology that is available, that is almost a never-ending list. And, uh, you know, rather than just constantly looking for the next cool plugin, the next cool toy, the next cool technique to mix, the next cool way to use reverb, the next cool, uh, you know, drum, uh, synth, uh, plugin, whatever it is, rather than keep chasing those gold plugins at the end of the rainbow, kind of the pot of those gold plugins at the end of the rainbow, you know, so to speak. Uh, I find that it's easier to just stick with a few basics. And then as you kind of outgrow those basics, and what I mean outgrow, when you get to the point of where you just know that you know that you know you're trying to achieve something that what you have seems to be incapable of doing, then maybe it's time to look for a new plugin to kind of add and, uh, and put in its place to kind of give you that next level that you're looking for. However, if uh, you've got all these plugins, you've got all this gear, and the reality is, is you don't even know the maximum potential of what you have in hand, there's really no point trying to add something to it, okay? And so, uh, you know, that that's just something I, I often think about. It's kind of humorous sometimes to me. We're always, we always like new and fresh, right? And, uh, you know, sometimes the, uh, the old school still works. Sometimes the thing that has been proven to work time and again that basic compressor, that basic delay plugin you got, sometimes it, it just works and, it, and it's okay. It doesn't necessarily have to be the latest and greatest. And uh, this point number five also kind of brings us right into point number six. Again, our list of 10 mixing mistakes to avoid. And that is this, short selling the potential of the gear you already have. These are kind of tied in together, but my encouragement here is this, uh, don't just assume that what you have won't be enough. Don't just assume that even though you only have one audio interface, a laptop, and an SM58, don't assume that there's just no way you could get professional audio, that there's just no way you could get some great tracks, because I'm telling you, there's a really good chance that uh, you can get some amazing quality audio, far better than what you even anticipated yourself, not by necessarily having to add some more gear, again, if you've got some basic things, but learning how to use what you have. So don't short sell the potential of even the very simple basic things that you have. That's uh, that kind of five and six similar, they tie into each other. Number seven, uh, this one's a little bit kind of out of left field, but this was something I was thinking about today. Uh, one of these days, we'll do an episode on very specifically mixing drums uh, and recording drums. A lot of you out there, uh, maybe you're not recording a live set. Some of you are, no. Uh, but, you know, sometimes maybe that's just not what you have an access to, or uh, you're doing house music, techno music, you're doing some type of style of music that lends itself more to uh, kind of the program sound, uh, or you you love more of a rock sound, and that's kind of more of your, your forte, more of that acoustic kit, but you just don't have access to a, a full set. Uh, so maybe you're dealing with with plugins or, or, or whatever it is. But uh, kind of the idea of this, when it comes to mixing drums, here's my point number seven. Uh, particularly those of you that are that are using kind of the acoustic environment kit, whether you're recording or you're using a plugin, one of the biggest biggest mistakes that uh, that is often made in mixing drums is this: is not treating the drums as a full instrument, a collective of drums making up one instrument, as opposed to a whole bunch of individual instruments. Uh, you know, sometimes it's, well, how do I get that great snare sound? Well, uh, you get that great snare sound uh, by making sure the snare mics are mixed uh, in conjunction with the overhead mics, in conjunction with your room mics, and making sure that everything else is kind of EQ'd accordingly. 
uh, to where you don't have uh, too much bleed through, even coming in through your hat mic and, and so on and so forth. One of the biggest mistakes uh, that I, I've seen made when it comes to mixing and specifically for those of you that are using kind of the acoustic drum sound is not treating the drums as though they're one instrument and uh, trying to get way too much isolation from one mic to another when really those mics are there to capture one piece of a large pie they're not individual pies on their own okay and so we'll cover that in a later episode uh that i just wanted to throw in there a little bit out of left field but it's uh, just a thought i had that may be helpful to some of you number eight uh getting uh, not getting uh, your track clean at the source and this is a big one honestly um this can be a very uh, a very big deal that uh, can easily take your mix and move it on into the amateur and just kind of keep it there. Uh, taking your track from the source and listening to it, listening for uh, background noise, listening for static, listening for what is happening there. A lot of times now, uh, if, if you're recording with an audio interface and you have the ability to have headphones in, listening to the source before you even cut it, crank up that headphone amplifier and listen to what is happening at the source. Uh, crank it up and see if you've got any unpleasing things going on in there. Maybe your mic is picking up the neighbor's lawnmower that is two blocks away. Okay, uh, you know, that's not a big deal for one small track, but you know what? When you get 14, 15, 16 tracks, and if you've got little noises like that going, they all add up very, very quickly, and it can be, uh, you know, very an unpleasing thing. And so a mistake to avoid is not getting your tracks clean at the source. Uh, use headphones, solo that out, whatever you've got to do, but listen to what is going on. Number nine, we'll move through these last two uh, relatively quickly. They're pretty simple, but number nine mistake that is often made is not maintaining your gear. Uh, not maintaining your gear. And this is uh, simple. Uh, you know, you go to record a guitar, uh, you know, put new strings on that. Make sure you've got some nice fresh strings on your gear. Make sure, uh, you know, if your gear is sitting in a room somewhere and it goes through several days at a time not being used, Throw a cover over it. Throw a towel over it. Keep the dust out of things. Whatever you have to do, keep it clean. Just maintain things. Uh, you know what makes all the difference in the world when it comes to uh, how long your gear is going to last, when it comes to the quality, not getting static in uh, You know the pods and the, the master faders and the faders on your physical board. Keeping that clean makes all the difference in the world. Uh, so not maintaining your gear is definitely uh, a mistake to avoid. And then number 10, um, overdoing it when it comes to things like effects, uh, overdoing a good thing, giving too much of a good thing. Uh, a lot of times, especially things like reverb and delay, you want to listen to those things when they're in the mix and ask yourself, is it just enough or is it too much? And most of the time, to be honest with you, a lot of times we like to overdo things. A lot of times when you maybe add a reverb, you might be hearing, wow, this really nice wide fat stereo sound. I need more of that. Uh, but many times that could be not further from the truth. And uh, be careful not to overdo a good thing. And so use things uh, within balance and, and start just a little bit at a time. When it comes to EQ, a few decibels at a time. Make adjustments that way. Don't go drastic on anything. And so this has a lot of application, but don't overdo a good thing. And so there you go, guys. I realize that these are not all uh, something that uh, would be helpful to every one of you, but hopefully something in this list was. And uh, again, these were 10 mixing mistakes to avoid. And uh, you know, if you enjoyed hearing this information, it was helpful to you. I would love to hear from you. 
uh, why not give us a, a review here of the show in iTunes? You know, that helps other people know if they should bother downloading this or not. And uh, it also gives me your feedback. Uh, you can also head on over to uh, homemusicstudio1.com. And in the right-hand side of the, the main blog page there, you will see that uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, uh, even Pinterest, believe it or not. And so, uh, you know, you can give us your feedback through any one of those avenues. I'd love to hear it. Uh, also on the, the site, homemusicstudio1.com slash contact, you can uh, go on there, send me a message. And uh, the other thing is, is I would love to hear your questions. Keep them coming. And uh, most of these episodes are in direct responses to your questions. So if you got a question, let me know what that is. I'd love to hear it, and I would be happy to address it in a future episode. And uh, with that said, this is Dave Maxey with HomeMusicStudio1.com podcast. And this is the show where you can learn to produce professional audio on any size budget. And uh, I do want to remind you that uh, you know you can get the answer absolutely free to one of the most asked questions I get in home recording by heading on over to homemusicstudio1.com forward slash free gift, uh, signing up for the newsletter. Uh, that keeps you on board with some fresh and exclusive content just for the members, as well as uh, gets you the, the free ebook. It's actually dealing with audio compression. That's really one of the biggest questions I get. And so if that's you, you enjoy the show, why not sign up for that newsletter? Again, homemusicstudio1.com forward slash free gift. With that, this is Dave Maxey with uh, the homemusicstudio1.com podcast. And thank you very much for joining me, and we will catch you next time.